Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Rotating Reels. I'm one of your co-hosts, Hank Showalter. I'm calling in from Seattle, Washington. Joining me are my co-hosts, Taylor May, calling in from Kauai, Hawaii. Say hi, Taylor. Hello. And Keegan Tran, calling in from Portland, Oregon. Keegan? I, too, was put in (laughs) post-production. He actually was not put in post-production. That was a lie. (laughs) Um, but we'll, we'll get to that, uh, I think, later, why, why he said that. So anyway, uh, this week we are going to have a fantastic review of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, uh, just released recently on Netflix. Um, but before we get to that, there are a couple other orders of business. So first of all, as we've said uh, in a number of episodes, we have a Patreon up, and that's where you can get some extra Rotating Reels content. We have a show we call Rotating Reels After Hours, uh, where we kind of, you know, it's a little bit more of like a, a loose, late-night version of Rotating Reels, where we do more topics than strictly movie reviews. Um, so anyway, we just want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreons. Uh, so, Bill, Miranda, Nico, and Ben, thanks you guys for supporting us. You guys are the uh, the first four to join our uh, Rotating Reels Patreon army. I, I don't know if we have a name for you guys yet, but we will come <laughs> up with a name for the fandom. Thank you so much for subscribing. For those of you that aren't subscribed, we have a few really great episodes of Rotating Reels After Hours already up on our Patreon. And additionally, we have a new one coming out this week. After this episode, me, Keegan, and Tay are going to be recording the uh, Rotating reel shootouts of streaming services. We're going to compare a bunch of popular streaming services, and we are going to decide definitively which one is the best. Um, there will be no arguments Mortal Kombat with our for streaming services. Yeah, the winning streaming service will get to do like a pentuple fatality on all of the other streaming services. So it's going to be really <laughs> exciting. If that sounds interesting to you, Hop on over to rotatingreels.com and, uh, you know, subscribe to our Patreon. If that's not interesting to you, you know, just keep keep watching the uh, the free weekly shows. That's fine, too. We appreciate anyone that gives us uh, the time of day. Um, all right. <laughs> real, real low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, low expectations, they, they, they keep you happy, Tay. But um, anyway, that's the, uh, the obligatory plug for Patreon. Before we get into the review, there is one more order of business, and that is what we've been watching. So before I dive into this, uh, there has been an absolute war in our fan base over whether or not we should include outro or playoff music to the what we've been watching segment. So we demoed uh, two episodes ago having some playout music when someone runs too long on their what they've been watching. Uh, some fans loved it, some fans hated it. But we, uh, we can't really decide wh- where we land on it. So why don't some of you guys email us, tell us if you want it, um, and whatever side gets the most emails will win, and that will determine the fate of what we've been watching for the rest of the show's run. Does that sound good to my co-hosts? Yeah, that works for me. I've never been a, I've never been played off, so, you know, either way is good for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Taylor is better at being concise than Keegan and I, but he will get played off someday if you guys email us and ask us to include the playoff music if not then i'll I'll just fade him out or something i don't know um but anyway with that we're going to get into what we've been watching um and uh, i'll include the playoff music this week just so you know what you're agreeing to if you do email us asking it asking for it 
So with that, Keegan, why don't you start us off? What have you been watching this week? You have three minutes starting now. All right, I'm going to fly through this because, honestly, I don't give a shit about what I watched this week. I don't think anyone else does. I think we watched, we just want to talk Army of the Dead as soon as we can. So I watched two things. The first uh, was pretty good. I watched the second volume of Love, Death, and Robots, which I'm sure Hank will probably have uh, watched as well. Um, I love the first volume of this show. I think it's some of the most important modern sci-fi that we have in just pure artistry and animation. Um, I think... There's, you know, there's definitely some missteps throughout the entire series, and that continues in the second volume. I think it's a little bit weaker as a whole, and I think you only have eight episodes, so it feels a little incomplete compared to the 18 you get in the first volume. Um, that being said, there's still some really fun stuff here. There's uh, there's one on the longer side that is uh, kind of an homage to Blade Runner, but there's some varying differences in that it's not about robots, but it's about a society where people don't procreate and they live forever and the implications of that and, and how a society would look just set to this beautiful backdrop of, of CG animation. Uh, other than that, I started watching a new show on Hulu called MODOK. Uh, MODOK is actually a Marvel show, but it's not being included in their new list of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, this is not canon. It's by the guys that did Robot Chicken. So it's that same kind of janky stop motion animation that uh, people would be familiar with if you've watched Robot Chicken. Um, and it's very much a comedy series based on Modoc, who is one of the lesser known villains in the Marvel Universe. Um, and he's played by Patton Oswald, and it's half a Marvel show, and it's half a family comedy where Modoc is getting divorced from his wife, and he's trying to convince his children and wife to stay with him. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty screwball. There's 10, 20 minute episodes, and uh, I'm only a few in so far. It's definitely not on par with anything like wandavision or even like falcon and the winter soldier but it's not really trying to be uh it's kind of a screwball side sideshow comedy and for what it is i think it's it's pretty enjoyable at least as background watching so that's kind of it and i'm gonna avoid being played off altogether i think even if we, we implement it this week i don't know if we're really gonna need to use it i'm going to include the music over the last few seconds of you just because i can <laughs> just <to spite> me. <laughs> yeah um in a uh, classic Hank Showalter moment, I'm saying, fuck you, Keegan. I'm going to play you off anyway. <laughs> so anyway, with that, looks like it's Taylor's turn. Taylor, you have three minutes to tell us about what you've been watching, starting now. You're probably going to play me off after 10 seconds because of what I said. Um, and Keegan, I love hearing <laughs> what you guys have been watching, man. That's why I get all my recs from that. So I, as much as I want to talk about the movie, I, I'd love to hear what you guys have been watching. Um, I had a big watch week this week. So I watched Bad Trip. Um, which is a, it's a comedy featuring um, kind of real-life skit, um, kind of hidden camera-y in some aspects. Pretty funny. I, I like it. I'm not a huge fan of the main guy. I know both of you guys love him. I forget Andre. I forget his, his Eric name, Andre, but, uh, baby. I'm not a huge fan of Eric Andre, but it was funny. Um, and then I also watched uh, Independence Day in honor of all the uh, alien talk the military's been doing lately. You know, wanted to wanted to get back in the Independence Day vibe. And I watched it with someone who hadn't seen it. And there are so many quotable lines in this movie. My favorite is when Will Smith has just shot down and <laughs> shot down an alien fighter craft, and he opens it up, and the alien comes out and he punches it in the head and knocks it out and says, "Welcome to Earth." That's just one of the greatest lines in movie history. Um, I also watched The Man from Uncle. Terrible movie. Don't do that. Just all over the place. Just horrendous. Um, I watched Apostle, 
which is a really interesting um, early 20th century kind of cult movie um, that in the third act turns into a real, real uh, saw-type gruesome gore fest. So I recommended it to Hank. The first two acts, great. Third act, just takes a left turn. Um, Watch The Book of Kells, which I've never seen before. Really interesting animation style, um, kind of this mix of 2D uh, with all these beautiful patterns in the background. Um, really, really interesting. I don't quite know what to think of it overall, but the animation was, was really unique. Um, and then last, I watched Jurassic World, like all the Jurassic Park movies filmed here in Kauai, where I am, so really fun to you know be out on hikes and imagine dinosaurs running around. Um, if you haven't seen Jurassic World, you got to do it. It's absolutely wild. It makes no sense. The woman, the main, the main heroine is spending two hours of the movie running through the jungle and running from dinosaurs in heels the entire time. It's just, it's just an absolute blast. Um, Efron Khan's in it, um, which is, you know, great to see him. You know, he passed away um, pretty recently. Um, so big, big Bollywood star. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I watched. A lot of, a lot of action adventure this week for me. All right. Thanks, Tay. Love it. Um, in, I think, a first since we started timing this, you went past Keegan in terms of time. Um, but I'm still only going to fade out Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you went beyond three minutes. I'm just I'm just doing it to be the worst. Um, but with that, I'm going to get into my what I've been watching. Uh, so I actually had a super light uh, watch week. Um I think maybe one of the lightest I've had. So it, because of that, I'm going to include a couple of video games I've been playing because that did take up a significant portion of my time. And I imagine there's some interest in our viewership in video games as well as movies. But so anyway, did not watch a single movie this week besides Army of the Dead. Shameful, I know. But I did get some TV in. <laughs> um, caught the latest Bob's Burgers episode. Uh, I think this one might have been one of my favorite of favorites of the new season. Would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, don't don't want to spoil too much, so I'm not going to. I also watched a bit more Psyche K. I'm getting near to the end of the original series. I'm really excited to show my girlfriend the reboot. I'm not going to harp on it anymore. I've said enough about Psyche K. Uh, at the beginning of the week, also on the anime side of things, I uh, watched an episode of Death Note. I've seen Death Note before. I'm a pretty big fan of Death Note uh, up until a, a moment that I think anyone that's seen it will know about and anyone that hasn't seen it shouldn't know about. Uh, but I think that, you know, the very first, you know, the first parts of the show, fantastic. Really love it. Um, I was hoping to get my girlfriend into it. Uh, we didn't watch any more episodes. I don't know if that was just a timing thing or if because she wasn't into it, but I'm hoping I'll get to watch some more because I'd love to rewatch Death Note. Um, also watched an episode of One Punch Man. Uh, that was just kind of for shits and giggles. Uh, big fan of One Punch Man. Uh, I, I also really enjoy Mob Psycho, but we re recently finished watching all the Mob Psycho that was available to us. Not that recently, like a couple months ago. So, uh, you know, checked out some One Punch Man. Um, and I think I actually like it more than I remembered liking it. Um, I, I originally watched it right before I watched My Hero Academia, and so I finished it and kind of got, like, My Hero Academia on the mind and was kind of worn out on the superhero thing. But One Punch Man is hilarious. Uh, so would definitely recommend watching it for anyone that hasn't. Um, besides that, watched a couple reruns, or not reruns, but episodes I'd already seen of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Uh, which is a fantastic series. It's it's really a YouTube series, but it's being carried on Hulu now, so that's great. 
and that was all the TV I watched. Um, besides that, I got into some video games. Uh, so I'm a pretty big fan of Assassin's Creed, not because of the overarching story, but because of the historical settings they play it in. They play it fast and loose with historical accuracy, but it's still fun to see characters I know and love. So I picked up the latest DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is Wrath of the Druids, takes you to Ireland, you get to meet char characters. Um, like uh, Flan Shina, who is like the king that unified Ireland. Super fun. Again, super fast and loose with historical accuracy, but fun to see druids and werewolves in an Assassin's Creed game. And they had none of the overarching story. I'm going beyond my three minutes, so I'm going to definitely get played out. Um, but uh, anyway, would definitely recommend it if you like the Assassin's Creed formula. Uh, and also, even if you didn't like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think they actually corrected a lot of the mistakes they made with the base game in this DLC. So it's worth giving it a shot. It becomes available to you relatively early in the game, and I think it's a really solid DLC. Uh, I also uh, recently finished Resident Evil 8 Village. Uh, can't say enough good shit about that game. It is everything that was good about Resident Evil 7, mixed with a lot of the things that were good about Resident Evil 4. If you haven't played Resident Evil, that won't make sense to you, and you probably should play those other two before you play Resident Evil 8. But if you've played those other two, definitely worth your time. Game fucking slaps. Play it on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> um... And then lastly, I recently started playing Days Gone, which I got for free. It's a uh, PlayStation exclusive game. It's an open world zombie game uh, made in-house at uh, Sony Bend. And uh, when it came out, it kind of flopped. Like it didn't sell well, the reviews were pretty lukewarm. But I have to say, the game looks great. Uh, the voice acting is pretty good. The facial animation is excellent. And the gameplay loop is pretty rewarding. You drive around on a motorcycle, you upgrade the motorcycle, you get guns, you upgrade the guns, and you shoot zombies and marauders in post-apocalyptic horror. So it looks beautiful, it plays pretty fun. Like, it's, it, I, I don't think it's like a totally groundbreaking game, but did not deserve the completely lukewarm, lukewarm reception it got when it came out. Definitely recommend that. If you have a PlayStation, you probably got it for free. Because of so, check that out. That just sounds like normal organ, Hank. I'm sure Keegan can confirm. <laughs> yeah, Keegan, is that accurate? <laughs> it's not inaccurate. I'll say that. All right. So there you have it. Oregon is uh, where you should go if you like Days Gone. You can just live out the game. Um, but that's what I've been watching slash playing this week. Went over time, so I'm probably being faded out at this point. Um, and done. Oh, you're long gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the end of that segment. Um Hank, I love that I was like, hey, let's introduce a new component to the podcast where we where we, we, we impose a limit on ourselves. You just said no, and every week it's just <laughs> far over that three minutes. Yeah, you know, I... I it's I, about I'm, four minutes. I'm known for a lot of things, but, uh, you know, like, obeying the rules is not one of... <laughs> actually, it totally is one of them. I just thought that would be fun to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rotating wheels, bad boy. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, that's what we've been watching. <laughs> With that, I think it's time to get into the Army of the Dead review. Um, and we're only like 15 minutes in, so making good time, guys. High fives are all around. But so getting into the review, uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we have a spoiler-free section and then a spoiler-full section. So we're going to be starting with the spoiler-free section. Um, to get us started off, 
I'm going to read the IMDb blurb for the movie, uh, just to orient anyone that hasn't seen the movie. So without further ado, here that is. <clears throat> Following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into a quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. So, uh, you know, from that blurb you probably get it's a zombie action movie, it's pretty fun. Um, from that blurb, what you probably don't get is that it is two and a half hours long, which makes it an incredibly <laughs> long zombie action flick. So anyway, that's all you need to know about the movie to get us started on the spoiler-free discussion. Uh, Keegan, you started the What We've Been Watching, so Taylor, why don't you give us uh, your, your initial impressions from this movie? It's a big-budget zombie movie. I'm always going to love it. I'm always going to be excited about it. All that said, the characters are so stupid. So much of it is is predictable. There's nothing really like new or exciting in the zombie genre. Like they they had a lot of potential and didn't run with it at this idea of like kind of more intelligent zombies. They didn't really interact with that at all. That said, it's still really really fun to watch Batista run over poker tables while just headshotting from behind the back of million zombies in a row. I mean, it's just a spectacle and i was there for it i had a great time okay so i think that's a pretty positive review from taylor maybe one of the most glowingly positive reviews from taylor that we've gotten <laughs> um keegan i love zombie movies I, I who can blame you who can blame you taylor um but with that keegan what, what were uh, what were your impressions what were your thoughts guys this movie fucking rocks this is so <laughs> fun and I, this is like a cinematic two and a half hour boner that just will not go away. It's round the bed, just insanity the whole time. It never really takes a breath. And when it does, it's, you know, I think there's some, some fun acting moments here and there. But I genuinely did not expect that I would enjoy a Zack Snyder product this much. I think this is up there with 300 as far as just a big, dumb spectacle action movie that gives you everything you want and nothing more. Uh, I'm just going to say this ahead of time. This is probably on my long list of things to include for uh, best movies of 2021. And uh, if I'm being realistic with myself, I think this is probably going to be in like an honorable mention or like number 10 because this movie was a blast. I've watched it twice now. I watched it last week when they did a short theatrical run and then I just rewatched it last night uh, just on my couch. And yeah, it's it's a blast in whatever setting that you watch it in. Um, and Netflix also has a really fun 30 minute uh, behind the scenes documentary about the making of it. And I, I didn't glean a ton of extra stuff from it, but it's still fun to see a little bit of behind the scenes. I always appreciate when uh, when a streaming service does that. Um, other than that, there's three things that I didn't love um, that I can actually say without spoiling it. Um, and none of these things detract enough to take away from the overall movie. Uh, and I, I don't think they, they are huge spoilers at all, actually. So the first one is that Zack Snyder was kind of a jack of all trades here. He directed, um, he produced, he co-wrote, and he was DP. And that last one, man, he talks a little bit of in the behind the scenes about how he started out um, doing cinematography for commercials. And he really missed that world and being up close and personal with the actors, not having to stop the whole production to go up and, and give them notes. Um, but there's just this really weird thing where it's it's super out of focus a lot of the time and I think it's meant to be played as intentional with the lenses that he was working with but it, it really like my eyes spent a lot more time adjusting than I think was necessary and for like the fun 
quasi artsiness that it adds to it it doesn't really stack up to being enough to make it worth it in any way um the other is that the the one of the main characters the daughter of dave batista is really not that interesting and without spoiling it later in the movie she kind of becomes more of an integral character and i really just i thought she was one of the hardest to connect with and then the last thing is uh there's a character who's german I think he's kind of meant to be a little queer coded and I think he becomes the butt of the joke in a way that feels kind of like ugly and, and kind of more harsh than it needs to be. There's I was watching it last night again with my girlfriend and she was like, this guy's funny. Why does every character seem to hate him? Um, and it plays up his like his otherism or maybe his accent and his femininity in a way that's like, oh, he screams like a girl around these burly men. And that's reason enough to, to, to make fun of him. So didn't love that element but again none of those three things were enough to detract from me and I, i've gone pretty long on this but suffice to say i i had an absolute blast watching this movie nice Keegan, we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into it in the spoilers man yeah do you agree or disagree i'm so excited well we're gonna get I into dis- it i disagree hard yeah oh really okay yeah, um, hey why, why don't you move us into spoilers with your with your well thoughts? i'm not going to move us quite into spoilers yet um i still have my spoiler free thoughts so first of all uh keegan said it's like a two and a half hour like boner absolutely true um it's just action scenes <laughs> cool special effects really great score or not score but a soundtrack um i think they they spent a lot of money on the soundtrack and it shows and honestly the performances all around were surprisingly good like it's not an incredibly dramatic movie but i think dave batista had a couple dramatic moments where he really killed it despite me not caring at all about what was going on um (laughs) specifically between his character and the daughter character like keegan said she's hard to relate to um she acts really stupid the whole time i'm not gonna go into more detail than that but uh dave batista has to like act alongside that character i'm not saying the actress did anything wrong it was it was it was the writing to be clear but uh dave batista sold it pretty well you know like he he was somber when he needed to be he was funny when he needed to be and uh i don't know i i haven't seen him in a lot uh i like i've seen him in a few things uh but but honestly most of dave batista i've seen is him batista bombing people um so i wasn't really prepared for him to be like the, the, the breakout dramatic actor um but i think he did really well i think i think uh, i i could honestly see dave batista having kind of a dramatic future in, in front of him um you know maybe he's like the next rock you know the guy that's gonna break out and and be in like every movie from now on um but uh, anyway overall love the movie like i said love the soundtrack i agree with keegan uh the cinematography kind of left something to be desired for me that said i watch a lot of movies with really really inspired cinematography so it's hard for me to give that like a hard fault because I know, I know that I, I probably set my standards unrealistically high. I don't, I don't catch a lot of like blockbusters or just kind of like popcorn flicks these days. Um, so yeah, overall, I think it was super fun. Uh, one thing that I do want to call out is uh, Tig Notaro is in this movie. Uh, she's, she's a comedian. I think she's hilarious. I've, I've, I've seen her stand up. Uh, I've seen her in a couple other things. Um, and for me, she was actually kind of one of the highlights of the movie. Every, th- every time she showed up, I was laughing out loud. And I did not know until after watching the movie that she was essentially edited in. Um, we, we, can, we can talk more specifics about that later. 
but uh i think it is an attestation both to like the technology to edit her in and her ability to act without the other actors being around that i had no idea she was edited in until my girlfriend was reading an article and she was like oh hey did you know tig was edited into that movie and i was like what the fuck um so that was Wait, really is she cool. the pilot yeah she's the pilot um, yep. What? Yeah, yeah, that's wild. She was never on set. Yeah, in addition to what? never being on set, she replaced another actor who was a male, and uh, they had to replace all the lines referring to her as he or him, with like she and her. Uh, and you never that's fucking incredible. noticed. Incredible, right? No, I had no. Wouldn't have guessed. Wow. Yeah. yeah, she had to film like all of her scenes at home, like in front of a green screen. If she was ever like interacting with anyone, she had like her assistant in a green suit. That I mean, I had no that's idea bizarre. until. And and, and I, I don't know. You guys might feel differently. I thought she really rocked the movie. Like, there's one scene in particular where she's like walking forward. She blows like a smoke ring out of a swisher, and I was just like, that that's the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen Tig Notaro do. And she did it <laughs> with just such panache, you know, <laughs> like oh. just smoking a black and mild the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, especially always next to something she's not meant to be smoking by. <laughs> yeah, it's always by gas or flammable things. So overall, um, I, I I harped on Tig a lot, but I think the whole movie was really fun. Um, I think that the dramatic moments would have been kind of disappointing if I wasn't so pleasantly surprised by Dave Bautista, who uh, who fucking killed it. Um, special effects were great, uh, music was great. I loved it too, and I think. Those Yay. are most of my uh, spoiler-free mo- thoughts. Oh, I guess one other thing is I really liked some of the, the graphic design that accompanied the movie. They had, like, big, blocky pink text for the opening credits. I was super into that. Uh, our fans may not know. I'm a big fan of the color pink. Uh, I, I wear, like, pink sweaters and pink shirts out a lot. Um, so I saw a lot of pink, and I was like, hell yeah. I don't know why they picked this color. It's not, you, you know, there's not any obvious reason for it, but I'm super glad that they did. Um and, the, uh, the color palette overall was was real tan with these kind of neon yeah. colors put in. It was real Vegas. I thought the color palette was just spot on for Vegas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, everything else I want to say, I feel like I need to say in the spoilers section. Um, so unless the co-hosts of mine have any other thoughts, uh, I'm going to shut up now. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we're back. So, uh, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we are going to be discussing Army of the Dead with full spoilers from here on out. So, if you haven't seen the movie and you're planning on seeing the movie, you should probably stop listening now. Um, On the other hand, if you have listened to the movie, or if you haven't seen the movie and you have no intention of ever seeing it, this section of the review is probably appropriate for you. But uh, with that... We're going to get into spoilers. We're going to be talking about plot points. We're going to be talking about character development. Uh, Keegan, why don't you start us off? Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, so this movie is pretty interesting. I think it's a fun mix of, like, the the heist genre and the zombie genre. Um, It's a fun setup that we're going to go not only, like, into Vegas and we're not, you know, getting around floor managers or cops or anything but we're we're evading zombies uh, and i think there's there's some fun stuff that could be set up from that and i think overall like taylor had said he made a point that you know overall the cast is, is pretty interesting it's it's not a huge budget it was made on 90 million dollars which in 2021 is not a ton of money 
Um, and I think from a casting perspective, they didn't really have to shell out too much. I think Dave Bautista's kind of on the up and up. And everyone else is relatively unknown. But for the most part, I think they, they carry their weight pretty well. Um, Tignataro, like, you know, Hank had said, is, is hilarious the entire way through. Um, and I actually liked Lily, the coyote. I thought she was pretty interesting. Um, fun that we get a nice Hiroki Sonata appearance again. The guy's killing it in 2021. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for the most part, for some, some mid-tier actors to some, some newer people, everyone does their job really well and, and kind of does the best that the script gives them, uh, you know, to work with. But to that point... Man, Kate is just really annoying. And maybe he just wanted, you know, Zack Snyder that is, he wanted to be realistic by having kind of a whiny, uh, self-involved, college student-aged uh, character. But that doesn't, that believability doesn't make it any more enjoyable to watch her. And just consistently she drops the ball. So the first thing is she's not even supposed to go into Vegas with them. She finds out that the coyote took her friend in. She goes in with them. She sneaks off at one of the most important parts, right when they got the bank height or the the safe open to get the money, and then she goes off to save her friend and makes the pilot and Dave Batista reroute as they're leaving to go to an entirely different hotel to pick her up as she's trying to do a rescue mission to get her friend. Ultimately, that costs everyone's life for her. She's the only one that ends up living at the end of the movie, given one character in kind of a post credit scene. Uh, so she's pretty selfish throughout, and she, she ends up killing her dad, and she ends up killing Tignataro, and even the woman that she was trying to save ends up dying in the helicopter crash. So she's uh, pretty obnoxious, and I think she's kind of a sore spot in this movie for me. I don't, I, I'm sure you guys have, have thoughts on her as well. Yeah. She's the worst. Yeah, she's no, absolutely, absolutely awful. the worst. Terrible. Awful. Awful. Uh, like, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's unfortunate because I feel like her inclusion actually gave Dave Bautista a couple moments to kind of show off his dramatic chops that I did appreciate. But other than that, her mm -hmm. character just detracted from the movie. Yeah. You know, like she was kind of self-involved, but like in a way that she was like, well, I'm caring for others by putting everyone's life at risk. You know, that, that, that sort of thing. And I'm like, come on, just, this is the worst type of like throwing a, 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 a wrench in the gears. It, it was just aggravating. There was no yeah. purpose to it. It was clearly never going to help anyone. Like her coming into Vegas, like e even just giving the team going in a picture of the friend she was trying to save would have been so much better than what she did. She was only ever a liability. And I felt like the script was written in such a way that she was supposed to seem kind of kind of justified or kind of heroic for it. But I didn't feel that way about her at all. I just felt annoyed by the fact that she was endangering everyone else by putting her interests above the interests of the mission. Um, and yeah, I think that's true for so like my, my favorite thing to do with movies like this is right at the beginning you kind of know who our crew's gonna be, right? And there's you know people that are obviously good guys, obviously comedic comedic relief, whatever. And so what I like to do is think, okay, who do I? If I was there, who do I like? Who do I think is going to be helpful? Who is not taking this seriously? Who's the person that is just being, you know, they're, they were a, a dick before the zombie invasion. They're being a real asshole now, and, and they're not going to be helpful, right? And so I go through all the characters and think, like, who do I like? Who do I not like? Who's dangerous? Whatever else, right? And a bunch of these characters were just not being serious. And so to be clear, I love the movie. I love how it didn't take itself seriously. I love Tig's comedic relief. I love all that. But like the German guy and some of the other people, 
it was like you are in a life or death moment right now and you're making jokes you're accidentally you know doing things whatever it's like you need to straighten the fuck up right now or we're all gonna die and that's what happened that's what the daughter did she just just was not at all grappling with the reality of the situation that they're stuck in a walled off las vegas with seemingly thousands tens of thousands of zombies she was just just totally naive and it was just so not believable that nobody would have tried to straighten her out. It just, it just, it didn't, it didn't work for me that that character at all. Yeah. So I, I guess if, and I don't want to impose too much that that is not in the actual text in the script. But if if you subscribe to auteur theory and you think you know Zack Snyder has a huge influence over this movie, especially given that he directed and wrote it, um, this movie actually for a little bit of history was was made two years ago, and so that's why. Um, so much of the work for replacing Chris Dahlia's character with Tignataro was able to happen in post. Um, but a couple years before that, and the reason that we have the Snyder cut of the Justice League movie is because, you know, in 2015, 16, Zack Snyder was working on Justice League and his teenage daughter took her own life, committed suicide. And so he stepped away from the project and stepped away from work for a long time. He came back to work to finish up the Justice League Snyder Cut, which came out recently. And then other than that, this is the only other big movie that he did. And Deborah Snyder, his wife, uh, was was the producer of this movie as well. So I can't help but think that he kind of was having this father-daughter relationship role in the movie to work through some of that. So I can kind of understand why it made its way into the movie from that perspective. Um, it can sympathize with that. But again, like as you guys have said, she's as a character just the absolute worst to watch. Yeah, I hope that wasn't the inspiration because he must have hated his daughter, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Could as be. as dark as that sounds, I'm like, yeah. You know, <laughs> if if it's some form of therapy, you know, maybe that's good for you. But like, it, it, if it really is an insert for his daughter, he must have realized how unlikable the character was. I can't imagine there's like a single like you know focus group or whatever that saw the movie and was like yeah she rocked um <laughs> so yeah. relatable i don't know though the, maybe that's the, a you know an instance of me being an angry old man <laughs> well so how do you guys feel about okay so like co contrast this movie with 28 days later right very serious and i think because of that seriousness there's a lot of stakes right it's these people's lives and it's very scary because of those stakes, right? This movie didn't have any of that. So how how do you guys look at that as the seriousness? And Because this movie wasn't scary to me at all because there were so many jokes. Everything was kind of slapstick at different points. Um, and so I know it's trying to do a different thing, but they're both zombie movies, so we can compare them. And I kind of wanted to know what you guys thought about, about if it was scary, the seriousness, the characterization, and kind of in light of, of that question. Yeah, so for me at least, yeah, it wasn't scary at all, um, which I don't think will be surprising because I'm the horror guy, and this is just really not a horror movie at its core, but it wasn't scary at all. Um, and uh, I, I really read it as a purely comedy film, maybe an action comedy, but like really at its core, a comedy. There's a lot of, you know, kind of characters cracking jokes. There's like physical comedy, that sort of stuff. Um so I wasn't really bothered by the fact that what, that it wasn't scary. Um, but what did bother me 
was that when it tried to have dramatic moments, they fell flat on their face because they all involved the most unlikable character in the movie. And for me, in a comedy, I'm like, if you're going to include dramatic moments, do them well, or just do a straight comedy. And this movie, that, that, that was its one failing in my eyes. Or not, not one failing, but like the big failing in my eyes was that it was pretty much a straight comedy that had like a handful of dramatic moments. And there was one dude absolutely pulling his weight during those dramatic... Actually, there were a couple people pulling their weight in the dramatic moments. Uh, Dave Bautista's character's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, I thought she did pretty well too. But most of the dramatic moments were between him and his daughter, Kate. And they just fell flat on their face for me because I was like, Kate, go home. You should absolutely not be here. You are nothing but a liability. You are not even helping your friend. And I had no background on her relationship with her father. Um... So yeah, anyway, I didn't think it was scary either. Uh, I thought it was pretty much purely a comedy. It was not meant to be scary. But there were dramatic moments that for me didn't work. So I, I wasn't upset that it wasn't scary. I was upset that the dramatic moments sucked. Yeah, yeah for sure. I guess in my in my thinking of this movie, um, it, it's pretty similar, right? I think the zombie genre is so large at this point that it just basically serves as a vehicle to be paired up with another kind of movie um so again here right like we i think we're we're at the point in zombie movies where we've had so many of them that you can kind of divorce them from being horror movies um and Zack snyder is no stranger to that right like he he got his start making uh dawn of the dead right or day of the dead the, the remake of the romero movie and he probably took a lot of influence from that for his movie but uh, this is it's very much trying to do a different thing and i know you say we can compare them but to me this is just like the zombies are there they're meant to be the stand-in for the danger as opposed to something else and i think if anything they're more just set dressing and this is more of a, a trend to action heist movie than anything in my mind yeah i, I, okay. I tend to agree with that yeah um because because the zombies really yeah. They, they, they weren't even really stakes like on their own you know there was kind of like the the super zombies mm -hmm. that were a threat but all the other zombies seemed trivial at worst i was like how did you know these little shamblers overtake las vegas and then you meet the super zombies and you're like oh okay but uh what yeah how did you feel about the the alphas did you guys like them i don't know actually um <laughs> I well, I I was actually looking forward to the zombies being a little bit, you know, the the coyote, and to be clear, not a, a animal coyote, a coyote like a, a human trafficker, um, this kind of vaguely lo Eastern European looking femme fatale character. Um, I I liked. She says right off the bat that uh, these aren't the zombies that you think they are. They're organized. They're intelligent. And they weren't they weren't that organized. They weren't that intelligent. I was I was hoping they were going to make it like a little bit more, just a little bit more something there. Just that the, the zombies had a little bit more of their stuff together. Um, so I liked I liked the idea, but I wish they had kind of developed it more. Taylor, are you telling me for a moment that you weren't just absolutely floored by the shirtless zombie wearing red Adidas track pants, breakdance fighting away from Dave Batista. How was that no. unorganized to you? No, no, 
I, I liked it when we, cause we were first meeting them. I'm like, I'm here for this. I'm really here for this. But then that was that we got, we got what the, the King zombie with the helmet. That was, that was cool. But Zeus, I, I don't know. I, I wanted them to a, like yeah. have a society. I wanted them to communicate with each other more. I mean, they were, they were mostly like, like very organized uh, chimpanzees or some kind of monkey or something, you know, like barely using tools, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like this kind of line of inquiry is making me dig into the movie more than I really like want to because I'm I'm really not that critical. I I know what it's <laughs> I, I know that this is not what it's going for, but um, you know, if you introduce like oh they're they're intelligent they're organized. There's a story there. There's a handful of stories there that involve you know like maybe moral quandaries that that you know come up when you're you know, waging war on organized people. Like, they're not just monsters. They're organized. Like, they're, th that brings stuff to mind. And they really didn't play with any of it. They just included it so at the very end of the movie they could raise the stake with, with like, the, the alpha zombie throwing a spear or whatever. Um, which is fine, because the movie was more or less a comedy and that was what it was going for. But I feel like if you wanted to raise the stakes, just like introduce a bigger horde of shamblers and have them actually be kind of dangerous. Because if you introduce the fact that they are intelligent and organized, to me as a viewer, it, it, it feels like the movie is then begging for you to kind of dig into that and like kind of like deal with the implications that has. And they really didn't. They just had one zombie that kind of moved like a human. Um, or at least thank that you, was Hank. That's what I was yeah, trying to you. articulate. That's what I was trying to articulate, and you did it much better. So, thank you. Hank, it's funny that you call this a shallow experience, because for the most part, I agree. But in watching that 30-minute uh, that behind-the-scenes special, uh, I think Zack Snyder thinks he made a much deeper, uh, immersive watching experience than he actually did. The way that <laughs> him and his production team talk about this movie and how it's so transgressive and it's so this really breaks apart the genre the the zombie genre genre into something bigger and i think there's a couple things that i think he sprinkled in that to him were a lot smarter than they they actually uh turned out to be for the viewer so i think there's a couple little gold nuggets the first one is like when they first show up and the coyote you know sacrifices the guy to be sent off to the queen and zeus um we see zeus standing on the fake statue of liberty with his spear in what I think is a visual homage to like Planet of the Apes, exactly. And then That's what throughout I'm the about. movie, it's it, he drops these things, and I I agree with you, but there I still think that they're interesting enough where I I appreciated that he put them in, and the other ones that I liked just to to throw them out there for discussion is when the queen gets killed, they pull a baby out of her stomach, and then after when they're mourning the baby, a lot of their the the alphas their heads start glowing blue. And we see this in a couple of them, and we see this in Zeus, and later at the end fight, when Dave Bautista is in the helicopter and he shoots Zeus in the head in their big fight, it explodes into blue goo. And I'm like, they have to be robots, right? They're, there's nothing else that they're implying other than these guys are failed experiments or robots in some way, right? Am I crazy in this? I I mean, yeah, I, I was picking up on that too, but they never took it anywhere. You know, like, if you yeah. just throw it in visually it's it's not really quite enough like no one even talked about it there was never even a moment where dave batista was like why was that blue like <laughs> like yeah, am yeah, i crazy i don't i don't <laughs> no i didn't get like robot vibes i was just thinking it had to do with 
I mean, it's very clear that the origin of this thing was a military experiment to create a super soldier at Area 51, right? Like, that, that's exactly what they kind of spell out in the beginning. So I think, it, like, I was thinking more mm. biological, less robot. But again, doesn't doesn't matter, never picked up on. And to be clear, I, I feel like I got to keep saying this. I loved the movie. I had a great time watching <laughs> watching all of this nonsense happen. But it, it was nonsense. I mean, it didn't really do anything for the zombie genre, which, you know, I felt a little, a little, a little pretentious bringing up like 28 Days Later and trying to talk about more serious zombie movies. But if Zack Snyder thinks that's what he's doing, that, that, that was not what he was doing. He just made a fun, splashy movie with a lot of, a lot of zombies. That's it. And I think, I think there is room for zombie movies to just kind of like to do their job well and to just introduce enough fun things that a better smarter director will implement in their zombie movie down the line um and so i'm thinking of a movie called hashtag alive which came out in 2020 and it's a korean movie uh zombie movie that's on netflix and it's again not by any means a phenomenal zombie movie but it takes this hard stance on people using social media and and their their devices to get out of this and being creative with around uh technological or you know consumer technology and it's it's not implemented super well but i think it's something that will be used to greater effect in the future by better zombie movies and i think very much the same thing about army of the dead like this idea of smarter alphas and whether or not they can procreate maybe it's been done before but I, to me this feels like the highest you know the, the most large scale that i've seen this so maybe it'll evolve and, and change the genre in some way even if this isn't the one to be so groundbreaking well the the i am legend director's cut that was literally the plot right like have you ever either of you guys seen the the alternate ending the original ending well i've read the book where he walks out well in, in the book so, like the, I, whole perp, the, the whole plot of of the book i am legend that the film is based on is that you know like the main character is like trying to survive against these vampires and they have a fully functional society like outside that he's like not mm -hmm. not you know included in because he's food um i don't know if that's like directly related to the the, the extended cut of the movie i haven't seen it but you know it feels kind of like a similar train of thought to what's going on here they're like yeah there's zombies they're smart they're organized it's very similar to the organized vampires in i am legend except in i am legend they actually have to kind of like deal with the fact that this guy like thought he was surviving but in reality was like wreaking havoc on a well-organized society um but anyway go on Taylor. yeah so yeah. they didn't they, well they didn't go that far with it um and i i haven't i haven't read the book but i i've, I've heard about it so yeah they went in a pretty different direction but at the end of the original ending if you remember will smith down in the lab right he's kind of barricaded himself in that room uh with one of the zombies um and the intelligent leader of the zombies comes and i forget exactly how it goes but that's his mate the female that's trapped in with will smith um and he just wants his his mate back um, and I don't remember if she's pregnant or something, but in the end, I think he like gives the mate back and they let him go. I forget exactly how it worked out, but it was, I mean, that was initially immediately what I thought of when we start to see the queen in army of the dead. I was like, okay, so this is the, I am legend, you know, director's cut that I guess sample audiences didn't like. And they went with what most people saw in theaters, but that, that premise of like working zombie society is fascinating, right? Like what if, uh, you know, you have a, a world where you have big zombie apocalypse, but 
some number of humans survive and the zombies are diametrically opposed to us existing, right? They want to eat us and turn us into zombies and stuff. And yet they have something resembling a society, right? Like that's, that, that's really fascinating. I didn't expect Zack Snyder to delve into all of that. Um, but if he thinks he did, then I, that's, that, this, this wasn't a great, <laughs> this wasn't a great attempt, man. This was more about zombie tigers. Oh my God, that's the coolest thing. Like that's, that was most of my reaction to the movie. Yeah, no, exa- exactly. Like, this movie, if you're watching it, you're like, oh, man, he's using, like, a circular saw as a weapon. That's fucking rad. Or, like, oh, man, that's a zombie <laughs> tiger. That's fucking rad. Or, like, zombie you know, like, oh, Tignataro looks dope blowing them rings. That's fucking rad. You know, like, all of those yeah. things the movie does phenomenally. Anything deeper than that, this movie really does not have in my eyes um which is fine because when i watch it i'm like yeah this movie's trying to be fucking rad and it is fucking rad but it's not like a a triumph of 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 screenwriting um at least to me you know maybe Zack snyder agrees but you know if so he he can write to me personally and tell me why I'm pretty sure he's a listener, right? I, I think he's a Did Patreon, too. you guys like the, the zombie tiger? I loved the zombie tiger. It was rad. Yeah, what a cool Yeah, I thought story, it was awesome. Right? Siegfried and Roy. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same way in that, like, 300, also a Zack a Zach Snyder cut, uh, was a lot of fun, but not a great historical representation of the Battle of Thermopylae. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 kind of how this is too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, I I love history. I also love Three Hundred, but I don't love Three Hundred because it's a historical movie. Yeah, yeah. I think Zack Snyder just shines the most when you give him just an absolutely shredded A-lister. And you just, you know, you let him go crazy and you, you give him a, a mid to large size budget, let him have full creative control, and he's going to give you something dumb and fun. And I think at its heart, there's, you know, we, we have done plenty of pretentious movies and, and highbrow thought, thought producing movies. I think something like this is a little more grounding. And I think it's like on second watch, it still holds up. And I think this is going to be like a nice background movie for me. Like have friends over we just want to put something on in the back while we chat and eat some pizzas this is this is going to be a go-to it's, it's a new guilty pleasure for sure i i mean it's not even a guilty pleasure for me it is a joy to watch the soundtrack is phenomenal the actors they're all gorgeous i mean the that the special effects are great like the movie is a joy to watch it's not, like there's nothing guilty about it it's just it's not a thinker you know yeah like i don't go i mean you know like i i i i don't want to like say anything they'll get me in trouble but you know like i i i i I don't i don't go to a strip club to have a conversation you know like oh no (laughs) that's gonna be well we'll really play around in in post and see if that's gonna hang on Like all I'm maybe uh, use so that as a transition for the Patreon. This is basically was... a zombie strip club, is what Hank's saying. I mean, pretty much. Well, I mean, they literally open the movie. Like... Yeah, I mean, you have a Liberace impersonator being killed by three topless 
go-go dancers, right? It's it's not it's not a shallow comparison. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's it. That's that's it. That's the best example. This you movie guys... is a zombie movie strip club. That's what this is. Are you guys excited or interested in the idea of the sequel that is inevitably being set up? Um, I'm interested. I uh, like. I, I I'm like. What can they do? Like they've shown the bomb dropping. I I, I guess in the post credit scene we see you know a guy going full zom mode or like semi zom mode. You know the guy goes in the the plane bathroom and he's like, oh I've been bit. Somehow didn't realize it until now. Uh, so like I guess maybe there'll it'll be like zombies on a plane or something. Um, if it's as <laughs> well, I think it's new. It's you know, if it's as fun it's as it's New Mexico, right? only a couple people on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a two stewardess isn't a pilot. It's it's gonna be a short one. I'm tired of these motherfucking zombies on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> you know, those stewardesses they could be real resourceful. We don't know what's up their sleeves. Huh. <laughs> don't you just feel for that guy though? Right, like he's he's a, a philosophy master degree holder working with old people doing aqua therapy. He gets hundreds of millions of dollars. He only gets the money for a couple hours, and then he turns into a zombie. He gets one private plane ride. That's all he gets for hundreds of millions of dollars, and then it's over. I mean, oh, that'd be the which worst. also if you know things. His delay. Oh, sorry, oh, I was going to say if you know things are over and you've got all this money on your hand, what a way to spend it. You know, like you get some, you get a private flight, you get some champagne, you get the beautiful stewardesses to share it with you. Like, what a way to go out. I can't blame him. Uh, I, I mean, if he, if he kills them, I kind of can. That's that's a dick move. <laughs> but uh you know like like all the things that he does on the way out i'm like i get it i would want to do those things <laughs> yeah i but that's the thing is i'm not entirely convinced that he knew that he had been bitten because i it's it's such a plot convenience that his change takes so long and when i was watching it i was like is it because he's so burly is it because he has so much like muscle mass that maybe it takes longer for it to get through his bloodstream but then i was Keegan, like wait no Keegan, dave batista this is not a thinker. Don't don't think. Don't start pulling that thread. You're not gonna. All you're right. not, You're gonna unravel That's, the whole it's thing. Just, <laughs> it's it's a dog sweater. It's gonna unravel in in half a second. That's fair enough. <laughs> but uh, I will say though, I really like the little monologue he gives about like maybe this is Groundhog's Day when he's he's talking to the the uh, lockpick when they're they're down there and he's like maybe those are us and maybe we're on a loop and that was us in the last sequence I thought that was really fun yeah I, I did think that was fun and they actually they did a number of kind of cutaway gags like that like he was talking about maybe this is Groundhog Day and you see one of the corpses is wearing the same bandana that Dave Batista's character is wearing and earlier on they have a discussion of like how do we kill the zombies and they have like a cutaway showing uh, the, the German dude like basically hefting a rock I think instead of a gun um like they're 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 both fun like definitely both fun scenes uh mm -hmm. i would say that the 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 one i mentioned earlier that happened later in the film or the one that keegan mentioned i should say where uh he's saying what if what if this is groundhog day that's probably the closest to like a real thinker moment the movie has um and it doesn't really go anywhere, but it's a fun moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like I feel like the okay. idea that this, this is what they're talking about in philosophy graduate school. Like, this just 
just like just, it's just nonsense it's just nonsense that's what Zack Snyder thinks they're talking about in philosophy <laughs> grad school it's so tough. I feel like I'm at such a loss. We, I, we, every week, right? We sit down with a movie, and usually, I feel like we pick fairly heady movies that we could pick apart, right? Like we just spent an hour and a half last week talking about, you know, a, a Greek tragedy and how that was turned into something, you know, a modern horror movie or a horror thriller, and picking apart the merits of it, but you know, scene by scene. And when we're presented by something that's just so absolutely just surface level <laughs> i feel like it's it's a lot harder to, to talk about past the the gushing adoration of it yeah this movie's like a spray tan a spray tan at a strip club that's what this movie is <laughs> yeah but uh, i guess all of that is to say if they make a sequel i'll watch it and i'll be excited yep i'll watch it i'll Taylor, definitely be excited that. the idea oh yeah i'll give Zack snyder ten dollars to see that it yeah no problem I didn't pay anything to watch. This is on Netflix. I have the subscription anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I paid him twice. I watched it in theaters. I don't even like Zack Snyder that much. And he has a bunch of my money now. Well, he has my $15 and then however much my, my mom pays for Netflix. So. You're going to yeah, get more mad thinking about what Zack Snyder's doing with that money. Nah, he's probably smoking it or doing stupid shit with it. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever dumb shit Zack Snyder does. <laughs> okay, are we are we ready to do our, our ratings? Or do we got any last thoughts? Uh, I guess, like, one last thought. We, we brought it up at the beginning, so we have to at least circle back on it once. Dieter, the German character. Um, Keegan, mm. you felt like he was uh, kind of queer-coded and became the butt of the jokes. Taylor clearly had some different thoughts on that. Um, I'll lead in as the resident bisexual um, and also, you know, someone that speaks a little bit of German. Um, what I will say is that uh, Dieter did actually pretty strongly remind me of some German people that I know. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, I know a fair number of German people, um, you know, like his kind of like sense of humor, his, his mannerisms, they definitely reminded me of a German uh, of, of German people. He also reminded me of some queer people I know, you know, he wore suspenders, which I don't see straight people doing all that often. Uh, Taylor excluded. Unless you're Taylor, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like like the, those were things. And he was definitely the butt of some jokes. That said, like. He was a pretty genuinely funny character, you know, like he had kind of an attitude um, and, uh, you know, like he also had some genuine talents. He was the only person that could pick that lock and he managed to pick it and he formed some genuine friendships. Uh, like he, he formed that friendship with Vandero at the end uh, where he ended up saving his life, giving up his own. Um, so while he was the butt of some jokes, uh, and you know, like like some of that, like maybe may have been because of his more like effeminate qualities, like you know he screamed at stuff, you know, like I, you know, I, I I honestly kind of felt like it was par for the course. I I, I didn't have any problem with it. Um, you know, they kind of made fun of his like Germanness with how he he was like super happy to get into those semi philosophical discussions with Vandero. I was like, yeah, you know, Germans are kind of like that sometimes. Um, you know, uh, all overall, I had no problems with the characters. I actually thought he was one of my favorite characters in the film. And I, I, I personally felt like he was a fairly like even representation of the groups he was coming from. 
um, especially just because everything negative they showed about him, like him like screaming when around all these burly men, like he was still you know down to shoot some zombies and down to save Vandero's life. You know, like if you scream and then you know show your balls, like at the end of the day, you've really just shown your balls. You know, like I I don't think that the scream like Hold undermines on. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm lost in the yeah. in the metaphor. Tank is on one today. I don't understand. All can you, can you elaborate? All I'm saying is like, you know, like he, he screams like at one point during the movie, everyone's like, oh, so girly. But then he gives his life saving the life of his friend. And I would say oh, that one of gotcha. those things is a more powerful statement than him having like a slightly embarrassing scream at one point that other people reacted negatively to. In my eyes, at least. Okay. Overall, I felt like he I was, took it in the literal sense. No, he didn't show off his balls in the confused. movie. Um, <laughs> that would have been a kind of German thing to do, though. Uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> is it? I don't know any Germans. Uh, you, I'm learning. All I know is what we've talked about here. Do they do that? No, they, they're, I've, they're I've not. I've known some German guys that are very comfortable being nude around their friends. I, Much I, more so than Americans. Interesting. I, I mean, I think Americans in general have have a weird attitude about nudity. I think it's more accepted in other circles. But there were no balls shown during this film, is kind of the bottom line here. <laughs> but if there were, they would have been theaters and they would have been man. big. Um, <laughs> uh hank i i pretty much agree with you keegan i think you i think you're just pulling on this thread too much like he was obviously uh, not as big and burly and zombie as ex- chilling experienced as the other people and i think he needed to get made fun of or at least straightened out because he 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 just needed to smarten the fuck up they're going to be fighting for their lives any moment and he was not taking it seriously enough but and at the end of the day he did he figured he got his shit together, figured out what he had to do, and ultimately sacrificed his life to save a friend. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think this film portrayed him in a, a negative light in the slightest. No, and I think, you know, his his arc is is a great one, right? I think like he's like Tig says, he's probably the second most important character. Or I think she says he's the first, right? Like other than the helicopter pilot, I don't think you get much more important than the person that can open the the safe. Um, so it's it's not that an issue that he's like unused for or anything in that regard. It's just I think the relationship between him and Vanderhoe, which ends up being a really fun friendship later in the movie, I think some of the joshing just feels a little unearned, and it's like, hey, we have the cast of three hundred and this pretty effeminate little German guy, and like that's gonna be the joke for the first ten minutes. Um, which again is maybe i'm just being overly sensitive and pulling at the thread too much but i still was like "Eh, it just it fell a little off and i think this is something i picked up on more when watching this in theaters and kind of just being more observant of when people were laughing at at certain jokes and i think the audience played in a lot on that like oh look at this little this little goofy guy right like he's just a little german guy he doesn't understand he's not he's not dave batista buff um so i don't know i again maybe i think i'm overthinking this but um, yeah, I, it still was something that stuck out to me. I, I guess one thing I will say is like, if you're a little skinny German dude and you're around a bunch of big burly dudes and they're getting ready to kill some zombies and they've all killed some zombies before and you've never seen a zombie, you've worked your job in like a nice clean little locksmith shop. I think it would almost be weirder if they kind of didn't josh him around for like i i cannot imagine a group of big burly dudes it's gonna be like yeah this dude is just as capable and important as we are when they first meet him like i i just i can't imagine it happening it 
it would have seemed almost kind of like too PC to me. Dave, Fair Dave, yeah. Batista says, for all you new new people, what you got to do is you got to destroy the zombie brain. That's how you kill him. And he goes, would hitting them in the head with the rock work? And he goes, well, because that's targeting the brain, yes, it would. And it's just like, it's like if I'm going to be trusting this dude with my life, he needs to he needs to smarten the fuck up right now. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe this is a thread that we pulled enough to make sense. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I think that uh, you know, it, it, some of like the the most sensitive people in the film's audience might be put off by it, um, but. My guess is that if you're that sensitive, you probably can't deal with the level of gore presented in this film either. So, you know, that's maybe not your biggest uh, concern. I could be wrong. Email me hate letters if you want for saying this was an acceptable portrayal. Um, and I'll ignore them because I think it was fine. Yep. What are you guys' favorite kill then? What's, uh, where do we fall? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, oh, I lo- oh, I got Go ahead, Hank. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I like the zombie that they took down to the vault and had trigger all the traps. <laughs> I mean, what's not to love, right? And you get you get to hear the beautiful zombie saying, which I hope is in every zombie movie here on out, which is, it's not the meat, it's the heat. <laughs> when Mike waves the hand and throws it. it. It was a beautiful moment. And that, uh, you know, it, it was also a gross moment. But as a horror fan, I can deal with that. <laughs> I loved when the coyote shot when the coyote shot the uh, the I don't know border patrol agent dude in the leg. Like I just that's the guy that if you're in an apocalyptic scenario and there's a guy who's a sexual predator, he's done. That's like he's it's over. He's we we cannot abide him any longer. And I love that she lured him in and then she just shot him right in the leg to sacrifice him to zombies. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, that was great. You want you want to touch the gun? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they they, they really uh, there was a lot in the script that uh, kind of let him earn that, and he took all the bait. You know, he totally earned that that, that shit. Um, and it was fun to watch. I will. Yeah. One thing that kind of bothered me is in the behind the scenes, the the actor who plays that guy. He said that he was talking about the scene where he gets dragged into the the Olympus with all the other the zombies, and he's like, "Yeah, you have a hundred actors in makeup, and they envelope you." And I was like, "I think you meant to say envelop. Is that? Can you say it like that? And envelope you? No, he, I, no you can't. I, I don't like think that, the no. guy's exactly a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> he was one of the stars in Sons of Anarchy, dude. <laughs> why did they? But why did they leave that in the behind the scenes documentary? It's a sit down interview. Zack Snyder doesn't know either. that's so funny (laughs) anyways i'll be putting that in my vocabulary from now on um but my i guess my favorite kill two-way tie Uh, like hank was saying that guy they send down when he gets completely smushed and then his innards are stuck to the walls as it separates and they have to kind of cut him apart to get through it's pretty disgusting um and then for for the more like redemption like plot point i really liked when the uh the guy that I thought was Tom Brady for a long time, <laughs> but I guess is not, gets gets killed by the the zombie tiger. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that was so good. That was so satisfying. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard not to like the zombie tiger. Um, anything it did, I was like, hell yeah, zombie tiger. It fucked that dude up. Just it was horrifying. Just, there was he had no chance. He had no chance. 
I mean, dude never had a chance, you know, and it was fun to see him die because he was an asshole. Um, Yeah, that that was, you know, they really should have made the tiger. You know how it was. um, uh, 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 Oh, shit. What are the two the two tiger guys? Roy and the other one. Um, Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. They should have made it Mike Tyson's tiger. That would have been better. But otherwise, great. Give a fucking sweet eye tattoo. <laughs> did, Taylor, how did this stack up versus the uh, the bad trip gorilla scene? <laughs> some some animal back to back violence. You, you know, supposedly Mike Tyson tried to bribe a zookeeper one time to let him into a gorilla enclosure so he could fight a gorilla. I don't believe that for a minute. I do. I I believe it because I want it to be true. <laughs> Yeah. Unless Mike Tyson himself tells me it didn't happen, I'm going to go ahead and believe it. Yeah. And I mean, tells me to my face. I I won't accept an interview. (laughs) What if he emailed? No Zoom call. There could be, yeah, someone off screen prompting him. (laughs) But anyway, I think it's time to get to our our ratings of the movie. Um, I've let. Keegan and Taylor go first a handful of times now, so I'm going to give my rating up front. And I think that I would give this movie um, like 9 out of 12 smushed zombies in a bank vault, or in a hotel vault. I, uh, I enjoyed it a lot, even though, I've, uh, even though I've railed kind of against all the plot stuff. It was, it was fun. I'd recommend watching it. Even if you don't like zombie movies, it's not that scary. It's good fun. Good, clean fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I, I also liked it. I'm giving it 8 out of 10 spray tans on a zombie. It was, it was a big spectacle. It was exciting. It, the color was great. Batista's great. A lot of the actors were great. Um, don't don't think too much about it. Turn off the the prefront your prefrontal cortex when you go in to watch the movie, and you'll have a great time. Yeah, I will. I will come in with mine. Uh, if I had to rank this, I would give it a thirty-seven out of forty-two of your ex-girlfriend's exposed vertebrae. I completely forgot <laughs> that kill, guys. How could you forget? Oh, uh, I mean, that's not going to be my favorite. That was like the the hardest one to watch, and not in a good way. I was like, oh man, I don't want to see anyone's vertebrae this close <laughs> after their death. Like, you know, maybe if they're a skeleton, that's okay. But you know, like, it hit me harder than yeah. a single kill in Mortal Kombat. Man, that was oh, oh yeah. absolutely that was brutal. That but was no. brutal. Yeah, this movie was great, man. I love. There was it a lot of a lot I'll of people watching again. There were a lot of people opening doors without much preparedness in this movie. Yeah, you know, we're just looking away in general. Like when when the coyote just kind of oh bye helicopter and then just gets freaking skewered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, you shouldn't think too much about the uh, characters' thought processes because I'm sure that <laughs> Zack Snyder didn't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what are we what are we watching next week? Yeah, the next Keegan week's week, Keegan right? week. So we got a we got a reveal <gasps> coming up, don't we? Are you guys ready? This is so exciting. I I have to wait, tell wait, you. Wait. Last week when I found out that let me put in a oh. drum roll. Okay, that's the end of the drum roll. All right. So I I when I found out last week that this is going to be an upcoming Keegan week, 
I was so excited. I hit the list of movies. Uh, for those at home, we have a big Excel document where each person has a tab and we write movies we think we want to do in the future. And everyone will say whether or not they've seen it, just so we don't double back on something someone has seen. And I put down uh, a couple classics. I think a couple movies that are... I don't want to compare this to Citizen Kane, but if you're doing a film theory class and you are not watching this this movie, I think you uh, you need to rethink the curriculum. And so I was pretty shocked, and I would say a little bit angry that my two co-hosts had never seen this movie, especially given that they are both pretty big science fiction buffs. So next week, we will be watching 1995's Ghost in the Shell, the original mm. anime. Mm. Ooh, I'll read I haven't heard the IMDb it. blurb right now. You've never heard oh, of Ghost goodness. in the Shell? No, nah, man. I'm, I, don't, I don't watch much anime. I don't look for it. I don't pick it out. Yeah, but didn't you live through the Have 90s? Have you heard of a movie called The Matrix? Yeah. I, I, I missed it. Somehow I missed it. Wow. See, that's but so Keegan, shocking. This is, so, you're yeah, rectifying this Direct influence on The Matrix. And like you did with Citizen Kane for me. So I'll read the IMDb blurb real quick, and then we'll have our review next week. A cyborg policewoman and her partner hunt a mysterious and powerful hacker called the Puppet Master. Very vague. Very, very vague. This movie's available on Tubi, Amazon Prime Video to rent, and then I th believe it's free with ads on YouTube as well. So plenty of places for you guys to catch up and watch it if you want to watch it before our review next week. Okay, I'm excited. This is uh, one of kind of the anime classics that I haven't had a chance to catch up on yet. Um, I often hear it mentioned in the same breath as Akira, or Akira. I, I don't know the pronunciation, but it's a classic. It's really good, that one that I can't pronounce. So I'm excited to see it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Cool, cool. All right. And so with that, I think that's our week, folks. I hope you uh, enjoyed our review of Army of the Dead. I hope you're looking forward to our review of Ghost in the Shell. And just as a last-minute reminder, uh, this week we're doing a Patreon episode. It's going to be a shootout of the uh, different streaming services we all have access to. So if you're wondering, you know, like, what streaming services you should be paying for, come check that out, because you might find your answer. It might be a single streaming service. Um, spoilers, it's it's probably not because the the world is horribly divided, but um it could be. 